0: Welcome to Role-Playing History, the podcast where we explore the history of role-playing games. I'm Wayne Davis, and I'll be your guide for today's tour. Episode 39, Diversity in Tabletop Role-Playing Games. Finally, we're getting to the episode I promised you a month ago. I apologize for the delay, but I wanted to make sure I could give this very important subject all of the attention it deserves... And the issues I've had the past few weeks would have made it nearly impossible for me to do it any earlier. So, now that we've got all that out of the way, let's get to it. I mean, look, diversity is a hot-button topic in our society today. From politics to social interactions, arguments about diversity are almost constantly on the forefront. In the minds of many, these are long-overdue conversations that need to be had. Of course, anytime there's a group of people who believe something needs to happen, there's a group of people who believe just as fervently that it doesn't need to happen. And unfortunately, diversity is not immune from this. Historically, the tabletop role-playing hobby, and the industry as a whole, hasn't had a very good record concerning diversity either, making it a microcosm of society at large. Now, at this point, I have to admit that I scoured the internet for articles discussing the history of diversity in role playing games and came up with zilch. The articles I found were pretty much all editorials discussing moves made over the past several years to improve the diversity in gaming and, of course, discussing some of the quote backlash that was occurring. But since we know that I love discussing background in history before we get into the meat and potatoes of the subject, I'm not going to let that stop me. The primary issue with diversity in role-playing games begins with those who created Dungeons and Dragons, which we can all readily agree was the first tabletop role-playing game. These were all white, cisgendered men who didn't have any obvious disabilities. Look, that's not a knock on Gary Gygax, Dave Arneson, or any of the folks who were part of the groups during that development period. And look, I know I'm going to get hammered if I don't point out that one of Gary's daughters did play the game during the early development phases from time to time, and then his other daughter got involved from time to time once the ball got rolling. I get it, but for the most part, D&D was, to use the parlance of the time, a straight white boys club. To take that a step further, what were the influences of D&D? The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit? John Carter from Mars? Conan the Barbarian? What do all of these have in common? White, cisgendered protagonists who do extraordinary things. Look, Hollywood hasn't done us any favors in this area either. I mean, up until recently, any Hollywood production covering the Medieval Times was going to be pretty much an all-white cast with any cast of color being inferred to have come from Africa or the Middle Eastern areas of the globe or whatever analog they were using in in their world. And they're definitely all heterosexual. In fact, gay men in most of those movies, especially anything done before about 2000, would be played up as the stereotypical gay man. And I don't really think that requires any further explanation. And you might as well just forget about most of those productions depicting lesbians, bisexuals, those who are transgendered, or or anyone who would now be considered non-binary or gender fluid. And people of color? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. In fact, just recently, the Lord of the Rings series that's being produced for Amazon came under fire due to the casting of actors of color for some of the main roles. What's the argument being used? There weren't any people of color in Tolkien's world, so why are we casting actors of color for a show based in his world? What I find amusing is that there's a streaming series out there right now about Anne Boleyn, and she's played by a woman of color, and history has shown us that Anne was definitely white. Now, I don't remember seeing or hearing any negativity about that, but I've seen the advertisements all over the place, so it's certainly not because nobody's seen or heard about it. So why are some things complained about while others are allowed to run free? Oh, this is where I've got to be honest. Somebody a hell of a lot smarter than me is going to have to answer that one because I don't I don't honestly know. And look, I realize I, I haven't really gotten into portrayals of individuals with disabilities. And And while I haven't yet, we can point at dozens of different books, movies, and television shows over the years that have also played into the stereotypes of disabilities making the character that has the disability the butt of jokes, recipient of scorn, or swing the other way, the recipient of an overabundance of sympathy to the point that the character is basically muted. And look, the tabletop role-playing industry as a whole is guilty of a lack of diversity. Wizards of the Coast has come under continuous fire over the years for their lack of diversity, as well as the unequal treatment of those from diverse backgrounds that they do do business with. Look, I'm I'm not going to get into the laundry list of of all the issues here, but a quick Google search and a half an hour or so of reading will bring you fully up to speed on pretty much everything that's going on. And for the record, Wizards is not the only company. Just when you're the big dog in the field, you're the one that's going to get mentioned. So, for the most part, if you want to play games from diverse creators, your options are either to get your games from smaller, more independent publishers, or comb through Kickstarter and other sites like that to find and sponsor games from creators who can't get their work published by anyone else. But look, I don't want anybody to feel the sense of gloom and doom insofar as diversity in the tabletop community goes. There is a lot of positive stuff going on. Look, I've been going to gaming conventions since the early to mid-1990s, and I can tell you, I have seen the growth and expansion of diversity in the gaming community, and that continues to give me hope. We're also seeing a growing diversity in the games themselves. White Wolves Games can probably get the credit for being among the first from major publishers to really embrace diversity. They were publishing materials in the mid-2000s promoting characters from non-European backgrounds in a positive manner. And I say positive manner because I just know somebody's going to throw out the AD&D supplement Oriental Adventures. Just, Just don't, please. Yes, I know, that supplement provided background for playing your game in an Asian-set world, but if you really read it, the supplement basically just takes European-based characters and builds Asian-themed storytelling aids on them. So I don't count it. Other games began to follow White Wolf's suit, And the open game license from Wizards of the Coast allowed other creators to put their own inclusionary spin on D&D over the years, whether it was official product or not. Finally, Wizards caught enough flack or pressure or whatever you want to call it, and they began to make changes to the game. Um looking directly at the drow as I'm thinking this, but there there are more. And I've commented on these changes before, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to unfurl the laundry list. That would be two laundry lists today, and I don't have the energy. Look, I don't want this to be a, a beat the shit out of the hobby session, because I do believe there's a lot of positive, diverse material out there today. Sometimes you've just got to pull out a shovel and dig to find it. Online seems to be the place to find diverse tabletop materials, whether they're rules for game systems, podcasts, streaming games. Believe me, if you want to find someone promoting the game who represents you, they are out there. And you know me, I'm going to help you find some of them today. Look, let's start by let's start by looking into the LGBTQIA+ community. Good place to start. The QueerQuesters are a game group that was repeatedly mentioned to me on Twitter when I when I threw out that thing asking for suggestions, so I headed over to YouTube to check them out. Now, I do have to admit that YouTube doesn't have anything from them newer than a couple of years, so I don't know what the whole deal is there, but if if they quit producing new content, to me, that's a damn shame, because I watched portions of a couple of the episodes that are on YouTube, I found them exceptionally entertaining. They were amusing as hell. They were a group having interesting adventures. And I found the interplay between the players to be sometimes as interesting, if not more so than the plot of the adventure itself. Okay. And I have to admit the fact that they referred to themselves as the queerdos, I found that amusing. I mean, they were obviously poking some fun at themselves, which I get it because if you can't poke fun at yourself, then what's the point? You've got to poke fun at other people, and, well, we know these days people just start getting pissy when you poke at them. Anyway, they've got about a dozen adventures on YouTube, and you can check them out by searching for The Queer Questers on YouTube. Next up are The Fellows Bold. Now, The Fellows Bold is a podcast, so audio only, no video. However, the the episode that I caught some of, it's a piratey kind of ship kind of game, it, I'm not doing it justice. I can tell you it was entertaining, the banter between the players quite frankly reminded me of my own table frequently. And again, I didn't listen to every episode, but they've got a ton of good episodes to listen to there. However, again, kind of like it was with the Queer Questers, this group doesn't appear to be putting out any, any new stuff, and I don't know why, and that's a little disappointing. But there is a lot of good material that they have put together. You can find them with a Google search of The Fellows Bold. And by the way, uh, that's another one of these shows I recommend if you're looking for a podcast to listen to after you listen to mine, of course. So after I've promoted two groups that do not appear to be promoting new material, and, and if I'm wrong on that, let me know so I can make a correction let me introduce you to a group that is not only producing new material, but they are producing a ton of new material. That group are the Awfully Queer Heroes. I love that name first off. No need to search for them. They've got a website, awfullyqueerheroes.com, and you can learn all about them there. I mean, they've got pictures and bios of, of the cast and the crew, and it's it's kind of cute because it's obvious in some of the pictures that some of these folks are are a little shy. They're not, they're not real camera folk and I can appreciate that because I have a face for radio. Okay. Let's, let's just call it what it is. Um, But I mean, my God, if you go through and you look and you check out the bios, these are folks that are doing a lot of stuff. I mean a lot of stuff. And of course, as these bios state, they proudly represent the LGBTQIA plus community And they not only produce podcasts, they also produce content with the intention of representing the community. Now, I caught about two-thirds of the most recent episode of their current campaign, which is the fourth episode. Look, my review is is simple. I I loved it. It's a homebrew campaign world. At least that's that's what I was able to pick out. But it's obvious to me that the DM has done their homework in getting things set up. Their explanations of what's going on are, are clear. They're to the point. The players are really good at what they do, and I do love the interactions between the players and then between the players and the DM. Those are They're really, really good. Again, this is another one of those shows that if I was going to do a, okay, you want to know what your game should sound like or feel like? This is it. Oh, and by the way, they they have a store and the products are awesome. I have to admit for a second, I found the sticker Summon a Protective Lesbian. That that was really, really cool. And I now know what my sister is going to get for the next gift giving event. Probably at least one of those and 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 something else. So thank you guys also for allowing me to, uh, <laughs> to deal with some gift ideas. Now, before I continue on, it's occurred to me I, I kind of need to point a little something out just because the players in these various games are members of the LGBTQIA community, that doesn't mean for a second that the games are going to be any different from any other game you and I might play or watch or listen to. I mean, come on. I, I know you figured this one out because I know my audience is pretty damn progressive, but we're adding new listeners every week. So I just wanted to make sure I put that distinction out there and we're all on the same page. In fact, and I'm going to use Awfully Queer Heroes as an example again, If I, if, if I hadn't used their name and I hadn't said anything about them being diverse and I just talked about them, or if I'd done something like, you know, chatted them up and say, Hey, can I just, you know, could I borrow your podcast, this episode, drop it on my YouTube channel and just call, you know, call it surprise, surprise gaming podcast. I'm going to bet you wouldn't have guessed that this is a diverse cast and crew. I'm going to bet that that's the point guys. That's the point. These are folks that are members of a community that are trying to support their community and scratch the gaming itch at the same time. And and I'm all for supporting that. So there you go. All right. So next up, let's head to Twitch. Yeah. Let's go over there and look at the folks at Roland D's 20s. This is another group I was alerted to by some of my Twitter followers. Um, They've got two separate groups playing two separate games on the channel. Um, for the record, some of their games will be on YouTube, but if you want to see everything, you gotta go over to twitch.tv slash 20s The games they're playing currently, by the way, are Cyberpunk Red and Vampire the Masquerade. The vampire game gets a Philly shout-out, as they've dubbed their game Philly by Night. Which, by the way, is very common when playing vampire. Most folks who play the game set it in the area in which they live or in a city they really love. So if you're gonna stream it, give the city some love. I caught all of an episode of Philly by night, about 30 minutes of a Cyberpunk Red game, and I loved them both. Yeah, I know, I've loved everything. I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a shitty critic sometimes. I I you know, I just I love what I see. But anyway, I have to admit I'm not that familiar with the rules for Cyberpunk Red, but the explanations of what was going on was enough for me to be able to follow along and and not feel like I was having an issue. I've played Vampire before. Those rules weren't an issue. Much like the cyberpunk game, though, I was much more involved and interested in the story than in the rules. So to me, again, that's that's the sign of a good game. And if we're being honest, it's the sign of a good storyteller. And I, I really can't stress enough the roles of storytellers and GMs in everything I've reviewed so far. They've all been really, really good. Anyway, I'm going to recommend, again, the channel if you're looking for something to watch. And they put out new material every week. So check out the channel for more information. Oh, and, and while I'm thinking about it, I, I do want to mention that uh, I know that when you're dealing with Twitch, they talk about subscribing to a channel. I wanted to remind you that if by chance you have Amazon Prime, you get a free Twitch subscription every month. So if you've ever thought about checking out Twitch, but didn't want to shell out for a subscription, you're, you're out of excuses, except maybe having to try to make up an excuse of, of why you're going to subscribe to this channel instead of that channel. But that one's on you. You're welcome. Okay, so we've explored content from members of the LGBTQIA plus community. I wanted to kind of take a minute and, and look at some projects from creators of color. First one I want to mention, honestly, these guys don't need a lot of promotion, but I've listened to a ton of their content over the past year or so, and I think highly enough of them, like my opinion matters, but I think so highly of them, I wanted to make sure I gave them a plug. The podcast is called Three Black Halflings, and it is available wherever you get your podcasts. This show brings a diverse group of guests on to discuss everything D&D and pop culture. And I do mean everything, and I do need to note that the three hosts of the podcast are African-American. So, again, we have we have people of color producing a, a gaming-related show, but they're not just talking about gaming. They are talking about pop culture. And I got to tell you, they are not afraid to get you to think. They make it a point to lift up those who could use a boost. So look, if you've got the time, they've got a show Three Black Halflings. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. The next one up is one that's a little bit more personal for me, if only for the fact that I appeared on Tales from the Tavern with two of the folks that are involved. The podcast is called the Fang Gang Podcast, and they are playing Vampire the Masquerade. Their specific game is San Diego by Night, and the storyteller is Daryl, who is one of the two members of this group I appeared on that show with a month or so ago. Jess was also on that show and is one of the players in the game. By the way, the Fang Gang Podcast is available from Anchor.fm, which means it is also available on Spotify, if you're so inclined. And you can follow them on Twitter at Fang Gang Podcast, at Mr. underscore Daryl Dorsey and at Jess the Human. And look, uh, I don't even have to tell you that the show is awesome because the show is just flipping awesome. Daryl is a, a hell of a storyteller. Just trust me. Also, Daryl does a lot of video game streaming on his Twitch channel. So if you're a fan of that, check it out. And Jess is an incredible talent as well. So a follow, Young Padawan, would be a wise move. I would also encourage you believe it or not to head over to the official DD youtube channel they've got a number of games streaming over there with gms of color and also representing the lgbtqia community so while i have i'll be the first one to kick wizards of the coast in their proverbial testicles for dropping the ball over the years if you go over to the channel and you see what they're doing now um, it, it is worth a plug for me. It is worth giving that plug. Now, there may be members of those communities that are like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. I understand why I do. And I respect that. But I'm, I'm going to give them a little bit of a plug here because you can't kick them into balls and then not at least offer them a hand up. <laughs> or maybe that's just me. All right, so moving on to those advocating for those with disabilities and role-playing games. This was a rough one to research. I, I know there's streams out there, but for whatever reason, my Google machine was not kicking them back out to me. So if you know of them, I want you to hit me up, please. I will make it a point to promote them. If I wind up doing another entire show just promoting groups that I missed, I got no problem with that seriously. One thing I did want to do though I wanted to promote is I wanted to promote a creator on Patreon, goes by the name of Sarah. Her Patreon bio states that she herself is a disabled person and she's creating supplements for tabletop role-playing games to, in her words, make them more inclusive and more accurate in their representation of disability. She does admit her content is free to the general public, but her Patreon allows for early access and, frankly, to allow her to make some money so that she could focus on living So that she can create uh, the product. So I've taken a look at some of the material and I do find it interesting. I don't know that I would necessarily use it. But that's look, that's just me as a a GM. I've not been in a spot where I have players that are asking for it. If I had players that were asking for it, definitely. Look, I do know there's a large audience for it. And considering her top Patreon tier is $14.50 a month. And I think the second tier is like 7 bucks. Look, I've got no problem giving this a plug. Check out the Patreon. If you have the ability to support, I ask that you please do. Now, I wanted to take a minute here at the end of our tour to make a point. My podcast and my feeds are intended to be inclusive. Yeah, I know, I drop a lot of profanity, so probably don't let the little kids listen, but you, you get my point. So long as what you're doing doesn't break any American laws, it doesn't bother me. And I say that because I know that being a part of the LGBTQIA plus community in some parts of the world is literally punishable by death. So I'm going to go with American law because that's where I live. With all of that being said, as much as I, I hate to say this, you do have the right to not be inclusive. If you want a table full of folks who look like you, act like you, and believe what you believe, that's your right. I am not here trying to tell you how to live your life. What I am trying to do is educate you a little bit, because I think education can change minds if you present it in a way that people might find entertaining. And maybe I didn't say that quite right. I kind of hope I made my point anyway. And really, the other big thing I'm doing here is try to support folks that, in my opinion, deserve to be supported. Uh, Sometimes I hear on some of my feeds, uh, I hear somebody say, well, I don't understand blank. Sometimes that blank is filled in with gender fluid. Sometimes it's filled in with transgender. All I can tell you is this, you don't have to understand something to support people who live it. Look, if, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest here for a second. I don't know that I necessarily understand the concept of being gender fluid, but if somebody tells me that's who they are, then that's who they are. Who am I to judge? That, that, that's how you're living your life. Okay, you know what? It's, you're not breaking any laws. You're living your truth. I'm not gonna judge. I'm gonna support your your ability to do that. I think frequently, and I know I'm starting to get preachy, sorry. But I think that frequently, we feel like that in order to be able to support somebody, you have to understand who they are and how they live and you have to agree with it. I don't think you have to do either one of those. One more thing that I wanna say, and like I said, I know I'm getting preachy, sorry. I'm not gonna hate you because of your gender identity or your sexual orientation or the color of your skin or, or whether you have a disability. I'm going to have a conversation with you, and how that conversation goes is going to determine whether or not I like or dislike you, because you're either going to be somebody I can have a conversation with, or you won't, straight up I mean, I wish everything could be that easy, but I know it can't, and I would be naive to believe otherwise. But we can dream, can't we? Anyway, that's going to bring today's tour to a close. Next week, we're going to get back into a game deep dive as we discuss the Warhammer role-playing game kind of timely as my group just started playing this last week. And again, as we wrap up, I want to once again, shout out everybody we talked about in today's episode. There's a hell of a lot of talent out there representing parts of society that just don't get enough love. Uh, a second special shout out to the crew at Awfully Queer Heroes. Uh, this is where I admit I spent so much time on their site checking stuff out that I ran out of research and writing time this week. Uh, but honestly it was worth it. So, uh, y'all just keep being y'all and, uh, Yeah, just be the awesome y'all you are. Also, I wanted to thank everybody on Twitter who sent nice messages to me over the past few weeks. I'm not going to get into specifics, but the family situation is much better than we had feared. So our lives aren't going to be disrupted nearly as bad as we were afraid they might be. But again, thank you for the kind words. And regardless of how you listen to the podcast, I'd like you to head over to Spotify and check out the feed for the podcast, because I have posted a question that I would like you to answer, and your answer will determine the future of a project that I'm really wanting to do and I've kind of already started working on. Of course, if you follow me on Twitter, you've already heard about it, because I've just posted about it uh, on Thursday while I was doing some things. But hey, I'll let you weigh in in two places. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. Also, you know, you guys know from time to time I take a minute to shout out creators who've got some new stuff coming down the pipeline because that's just who I am. So I wanted to note that coming up on Tuesday, February 22nd, the gang at Pagoda Games has a Kickstarter cranking up for Freelancer's Guide to a Profit-Focused Living. If this was a Trek product, I'd swear to God it was Ferengi, but it's not. Uh, It is a little bit different than what I I usually cover here because it's a a deck-building tabletop role-playing game. But I gotta tell you, I dig the concept. You and your crew will be trying to make a living in a megacore-ruled galaxy. Uh, The plans might be like Ocean's Eleven, or if you're like me, Ocean's Eleven played by Muppets. (laughs) and the style ranges from Firefly to Cowboy Bebop, which that's a winner to me. I'm just saying. So if you're interested, check out Freelancer's Guide on Kickstarter. That bad boy kicks off on Tuesday morning, the 22nd. And there's something I do want to make clear, since I do tend to promote a lot of product on the show. I've done it today as well. I don't get it. I get nothing for plugging people's stuff. I mean, okay, yeah, when they're doing Twitter shout outs that I'm talking about their stuff on the show, yeah, it pushes some more listeners. I, I do get that and I do like that. But what I meant was I don't get money and I don't get product and I that's okay. I, I'm not looking for that. I do this because I want to see people succeed. I want to have more great gaming product out there. I, I believe in the saying that a rising tide floats all boats because I it's true. And I honestly believe deep down that if you're good to people, eventually good things will happen to you. You can call me naive if you want. It's just, it's the way I have to live. It's what I have to believe, okay? So check all these great folks out, check their product out. The music we use for this show, you know, this it comes from pixabay.com. So check them out. If you need some royalty free music for your gig, you can follow us as always on Facebook at Role Playing History Podcast, Twitter at Role Playing P. And for the record, I'm on Twitter like all the time. I, I get up about Five, six o'clock in the evening, I work overnights, so I go to bed between nine and ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on the Twitter a lot. Uh, YouTube, we've got the channel, Role Playing History Podcast. Look, when you get there, you, you know what to do, so I'm not going to put it here. Uh, if you're a little old school, and I always chuckle when I say old school in regards to email, but okay. If you want to respond to us or talk to me by email, hit me up, Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so next week, I'm going to get into the Warhammer role-playing game. And I wish I had a real pithy, cute saying to put here, but I don't. So instead, I'm just going to say that that's going to be next week. Until then, I'm Wayne Davis and your role-playing history.